Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. Have you ever felt like life is stacked against you? No matter how hard you try, it almost feels like there's this alliance trying to stop you As we continue our Scandal series, we're going to see an alliance form between people that no one could have seen coming together to be unified in anything. And the sad thing is, is they were unified to stop Jesus, to kill Jesus. Yet amazingly enough, we see God in total control of this whole situation. Jesus is going to win. And because you're on Jesus' team, you have nothing to fear. And that's something that's so incredible for us to really think deeply about. And that's the direction of this week's podcast. This might sound like a really dumb question, but have you ever seen the TV show Survivor? And if you are a Survivor super fan, maybe you felt offended that I even asked that question. Well, since 2000, this reality show has brought suspense and drama and intensity into American households. If you, by chance, have never seen it, no judgment. Okay, maybe just a little bit of judgment. (laughs) It's kind of a big deal. But if you haven't, the basic idea of the show is to be the sole Survivor. Pretty self-explanatory, right? The show starts off usually with about 16, sometimes more, players divided into tribes. They're then taken to a remote location and forced to live off the land with meager supplies for about a month. So each tribe, they're striving to win each challenge, especially to earn immunity status from the tribal council. And nobody wants to go to the tribal council because it's there that a tribe is forced to vote out one of their teammates. Now as a viewer, It's crazy how a reality show can send you on such a crazy ride of emotions. For 23 years, this show has kept its status as the king of reality shows, but why? Well, in part, it's because of our obsession with tribal culture. Why is peer pressure such a strong influence? Why do we get nervous about sharing our opinions at times? We fear labels are being classified with a certain group. This is Captain Obvious type information, but have you noticed the tribalism in America? There really is no fence sitting in our modern world. You're either in one camp or another. You're either Republican or Democrat. You're Christian or humanist. You're a lover or a hater. You're pro Reese's peanut butter cups or you're insane. Um, Okay, that might be a little bit crazy to say, but (laughs) it's true, I think. But as much as we talk about how our world is a gray area, So often we gravitate again and again toward black and whites. We are part of alliances. We're drawn to taking sides. But when you boil it down, there truly are only two alliances in this world. The question is, 
What are they? Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Palestine in 1st century AD, had to choose between the two. Pilate started his day on edge. He usually tried to steer clear of Jerusalem as much as possible, but he knew that during Passover he had to be in town. Passover brought back memories of independence from Egypt, and it naturally led Jews to dream about being free of foreign rule. Bloody revolts had happened on Passover, and Pilate needed to be ready at a moment's notice to squash any rebellion. But that particular Friday morning, nothing seemed out of place. No fights were being had until he hears shouting, and the shouting grows and grows in volume. Talk about a crowd no one wants to see. A screaming group of priests and temple guards nearly dragging a man with bruises and cuts anyone could see were recent. What Jesus had told them at their council early that morning, how he had declared himself the Son of Man, the I Am of the Old Testament, they hit their breaking point. They start dropping these accusations to Pilate. We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, King. All lies. Which alliance would Pilate choose? Would he choose to stand up for what seems to be simply a bloody, broken, weak, lonely Jewish man? Or would he choose to keep the peace and make nice with the chief priests? He knew the influence of the chief priests among the people. Would he people please, try not to rock the boat? Or would he choose to align himself with truth and justice? Pilate faced peer pressure. And the benefits of giving in to the loudest voices were strong. The urge to people please is right there. As a recovering people pleaser myself, I can definitely relate to that. If you struggle with people-pleasing, it won't surprise you that research has shown that excessive people-pleasing can often lead to fear of rejection and the fear of disappointing others, low self-esteem, difficulty setting healthy boundaries. As Pilate would discover, people-pleasing never really pleases anybody. You'll never satisfy that person enough and never feel satisfied in the process. We often in our sins search to get from people what only Jesus can give us. Only he can satisfy our thirst for love, for purpose, for identity. We so often align ourselves with our sinful nature and its off-base desires. You know as well as I do, you and I could sit down and have coffee and talk forever about moments in life. We knew what God would have us do, but we chose the alliance of sin to avoid conflict, to fit in, or to make someone happy. But people-pleasing isn't the only factor that leads us to align ourselves apart from God's alliance of truth. Fear motivates us in our life alliances too. And look how fear directs Pilate here. He says in no uncertain terms, I find no basis for a charge against this man. That right there should have ended the discussion. But then Pilate hears this. The chief priests tell him, well, he stores up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. Pilate sees the loophole. Technically, this puts Jesus under Herod Antipas' jurisdiction, and so he passes Jesus off to him. Pilate was looking to save his own skin, to get rid of the issue, and avoid any possibility of losing his posh position as the prefect of Judea. Fear leads to passing off living for the truth. Fear leads us to try to pass off what we know we need to do. We are so often afraid to disrupt equilibrium, right? 
We look to save our skins rather than call out our sins. God puts us in moments to stand up for him and we try to avoid them, even though those moments actually grow our faith. We make an avoidance alliance instead of trusting that God will bring us through. Fear leads us to avoid controversial social issues because we don't want to be labeled. Fear leads us to hang out with the wrong crowd at school. Fear directs us to see Jesus as weak, out of touch, and ineffective. It's here we see the first of the only two real alliances in the world, Satan and his alliance of lies. That's alliance number one that we're going to look at. Because Satan's vision for your life is that you look at Jesus like Pilate did. You see Jesus as weak, a nuisance, alone and outnumbered. In the process, he wants you and me to bind to the illusion that he's the strong one. He's worth allegiance. He's the one who really loves you. An alliance based on nothing but lies and empty promises. But as always, when it comes to Jesus, there's so much more to him than meets the eye. Jesus is so resolute in all this. Just as Isaiah had said centuries before, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, so he did not open his mouth. Such resolve can only come from one who's in total control. The religious establishment of that time, the chief priests, by rejecting him, were affirming that he truly is the Messiah because that's exactly what the Old Testament said would happen. That's why Jesus says, you have said so, because by their rejection, they are ironically confirming his Messiah status. That's just so cool. Only someone in total control could make something like that happen. It was the same thing when Pilate asked him if he was the king of the Jews. Same answer. What does Jesus say? You've said so. Pilate, without knowing it, was affirming because all these prophecies were coming together. He was affirming, without knowing it, that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. Jesus was surrounded by hundreds of men, beaten and bruised, but he stood resolute because he stood in the alliance of truth. Jesus wasn't about people-pleasing, but people-saving. If he would have been a people-pleaser, we may have had a cushy 70 to 90 years, but an eternity of pain. He, instead of pleasing, chose to satisfy all of your deepest needs. Jesus wants so much more for you than to fit in or to be in the right cultural tribe. He wants you on his side of forever. He knows how we struggle with perception and our obsession with image. And he says, forget what anyone says about you. The only opinion that matters is mine. I sacrifice myself on the cross because that's how much I want you on my team, in my family. Jesus satisfies our thirst to be known and loved. His grace has exactly what we're looking for. It's here that we see the greatest alliance in the world, Jesus and the army of truth. His truth overcomes fear. His truth opens your eyes and mind to see Jesus for who he really is. Such vision comes through the miracle of faith. It's a sight the chief priest Pilate and Herod couldn't see. I mean, think about this. Jesus is ridiculed by the so-called scripture experts of his time, the Roman governor and King Herod, who wanted to see a Messiah magic show. But the entire time he stood before them, Jesus, as the all-powerful, universe-creating Son of God. And unknowingly, these enemies were falling right in line with God's plan to save you and me. Jesus fiercely took every last bit of beating and mocking, humiliating that we deserved for our sin. He took all that on so you never would. Think about how fear drove each of these characters. Herod killed John the Baptist out of fear. Fear of influence. 
drove a lost influence, drove the chief priests to hatred of their Messiah. Fear drove Pilate to pass the buck on Jesus. Fear ironically made Pilate and Herod friends that day, the most unsteady alliance ever because it was all based on fear. But Jesus, he faced our greatest fears in the face unfazed. He looked beyond them and through him, so can you. On the morning of Good Friday, it seemed like everything was stacked against Jesus, but in reality, he was in total control. You may feel like life is stacked against you right now. You might be afraid of what tomorrow might bring. You might be afraid like Elisha's servant. Maybe you know that story when Elisha was surrounded by an enemy army, his town completely surrounded, and his servant looks out and says, Oh no, what's, what are we going to do? And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes, and there's this huge angel army that is infinite all around them. See, by faith, you have those same open eyes of faith. You know the angel armies that surround you. You know the Savior who is for you. You know you are never outnumbered. You long to stand with Jesus. Even though in this world the alliance of evil will keep up portraying Jesus as weak or ineffective or defeated or outdated, bigoted or not worth believing, but you have open eyes of faith. And you know the truth. You stand with the forces of truth that nothing can shake. You stand in the tribe of Christ. One made up of every ethnicity on the planet, a tribe that crosses the aisle, the ocean, and skin color, a tribe that will be together one day, rejoicing in Jesus when we see him as he is in full glory. Such a thought leads us to never be driven by people-pleasing, but grace-motivated truth living. We have Jesus at our side. We're forgiven and free. What can people do to us? Nothing. In the grand scheme of things, nothing. So how do we align with anyone but Jesus? On the surface, aligning with Jesus may make us look weak, ineffective, and powerless like our Savior on Good Friday, but just like Jesus. There is so much more to you, dear Christian, than meets the eye. You're never powerless. Just like Jesus was never powerless on Good Friday, you have the God of angel armies at your side. When you face peer pressure, you remember whom you belong to. You remember you're in the tribe of the Trinity, the Savior Squad, the Father's family. Yes, as sinner saints, fear will constantly be calling us to join the alliance of evil. But who you really are is no place for fear. You trust. You stand with Jesus. You take your place next to the Christians who have gone before you. You consider everything else is nothing compared to Jesus. You have the God of angel armies at your side. The alliance of grace is untouchable. The fray of life stands before you. Two alliances are battling for your heart, but you know the one who will keep you at his side will fight for you, and with whom you stand now and forever. Have no fear, little flock, for the Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. Much will come into your life to scare you away from Jesus, but see again the resolute face of your Savior. All those fears, Jesus, he isn't intimidated. He's in control. He rules your heart, and you'll be at his side one day. Amen. I pray that as you think about the fact that Jesus is for you, it brings you so much comfort that there is no place for fear in your heart because you know your Savior has you in his hands and he will bring you home.
God be with you as you live for him this week and always. Thank you.